All right, all right, here we go. It's time for another episode of The Techie and the Cowboy. My name is Alistair Hunt, a.k.a. The Techie. And this is T.W. Lawrence, a.k.a. The Cowboy. So we're going to let T.W. lead this one this time because this is his uh, subject matter that he loves talking about, which is uh, has to do with cowboys. So, T.W., tell him a little bit about the title and what we're going to be talking about today. Yeehaw! How about that? <laughs> Uh, the the title to our show today is uh, Too Much Overconfidence and You Will Get Thrown. It's a reference to bull riding. And, bull riding. Uh, yeah, I'll explain to you how that goes. So the premise of it is if you have too much confidence in yourself, you'll develop the feeling that we don't need God. And eventually you're going to be shown that you do. So before we get started with this one, <laughs> then we'll go ahead and kick this amazing intro music. And now a few minutes with two of my friends who will soon be yours, the techie and the cowboy. All right, here we go. So we're, we're back and let's talk about it, TW. So go ahead and lead it off. Talk about this subject for him. Okay, as you know, I am a ordained chaplain in the Cowboys for Christ organization. So one of the things that we do is have chapter meetings in the big chapters. It's really a cowboy church. I have, along with another participant from Cowboys for Christ, we have a horseshoe ministry, and I'll explain that a little bit. And also, recently, we have taken the initiative. One of the tenets of uh, Cowboys for Christ is you go to where the cowboys are, which is essentially at livestock events and rodeos. By the way, when I use the term PBR, I'm talking about professional bull riders, not the old-fashioned beer that my dad used to drink. And one of the things that my um, good friend Skeeter, Skeeter Spaulding, uh, he's another chaplain, he and I go to PBR events that are within, you know, a couple hours drive of where we live. We've been to Knoxville, we've been to Duluth, which is about 45 miles from over here. And what we have done is that through our associations with people in um, the PBR organization, they let us come in before the event and meet in the, basically the locker room with the participants, the guys who are going to ride the bulls, the bull riders, who are a group of young men. And so we give them a devotion and we offer prayers for their safety and if anybody wants to talk, we will talk with them, although they are on a deadline. And it has proved to be well accepted by the riders. We've seen a couple of them at both events. And it's been very interesting to minister to those guys. Yes. <laughs> okay. And one of the most interesting things is the makeup of the cowboys themselves. They are all less than, I'd say, 25 years old. Uh, if you get, there's a 27-year-old and there's a 29-year-old, but it is a very young man's game. The other thing is, physically, they're all very similar in that they're all like uh, forwards on a, on a high school basketball team. They're probably five foot eight at the max, very thin, has to do something with it's easier to ride if you're not too tall because your center of gravity is is less than a than a taller person's. 
It's amazing and, me how different sports they have different people that have different height ranges, <laughs> like like you know jockeys that are riding at the the races. They have to have a certain stature, build, and height, and you know different sports and different different professions. You got to be within a range, right? Yes, and uh, very uniform height to these people. If you saw them all walking down together, you thought you know there was a standard like you'd see at Disney World. You have to be as tall as this thing, but not taller than this thing. <laughs> But the other the other thing that, that was really noticeable to me the first time I went to one of these events, we were walking down the hallway toward the locker room and these guys were going there and some of them already had dressed out to go to the event, which meant they put on a new start shirt, got their best hat out, but they had old blue jeans. And when I mean old blue jeans, from the back, you could see that from basically the calf on one side up the inseam to the crotch and down on the other was rubbed with a dirt coating from being on the backs of the bulls. And they didn't wash these pants. They just wore them time after time after time. I wonder so if it's it was, a luck thing or if it's a, you know, they don't want to well, wash out the man. Yes, I, I asked them, but it's one of those things that me, my observation was they wanted all of us to know, hey, I'm a bull rider. You can tell by my genes, I'm a bull rider. That's how bad I am. And so when I would, I would ask these guys, I said, you know, what's the deal with your basically dirty pants? Got two kind of consistent answers. One is, as you say, it's a good luck thing. You know, I'm not going to change the karma of anything by... Yeah, watch the good luck out. Yeah, watching this out. The other one, this one guy rationalized, rationalized it by saying, well, I don't want my jeans to shrink because if they get too tight, it's hard to ride. I'm thinking, hmm, I've had jeans for a long time. It takes a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to get you to shrink jeans. That, that means you're eating too much for one thing. But interestingly, I asked these guys, I said, why do you ride? Considering having watched them that, you know, for one thing, the bulls range from 1,500 pounds to 1,800 pounds. Jeez. Those guys probably weighed 135. <laughs> it was no contest where the mass <laughs> was you know, in that thing. And if you, you ride for eight seconds, you get scored by judges. The bulls get scored by the judges. Combination of the two. Uh, and so then you get the points and you, you're ranked accordingly. 100 points is possible, 50 for you, 50 for the bull. What happens if you get a bad bull? What happens if you get a bull that, you know, is just not wanting to do anything? Do you get penalized for that or you get a, to ride again? Yeah, the bulls um, are pretty much guaranteed to act at a certain level, to, to basically score at a certain point by the stock people who provide them. If, if it came, it pulled out the, uh, say, worst case scenario, you open up the gate, pull it open and the bull just kind of goes ho-hum and just kind of walks around. Well, at that point, they would let the kid ride again if he's non-performance. There are very, there are certain rules. There's like, even if he bangs you up against the wall and, and cause you to fall off, you get a re-ride. Mm. Uh, in, in the events I've been to, I, I've seen one re-ride and there was another chance where the guy was offered one. He said no, because he was, he, he'd gotten hurt and he didn't, he didn't feel like hurting himself more. So do that. Um, but anyway, when Skeeter and I went to the first event, we parked in the parking lot where the bull riders parked too. So while we were getting out of the car, this old beat up old Camry comes in and it must've had 
eight guys in it. <laughs> and they all got out and they all got out their bull riding equipment and their hats and their jeans and all this kind of stuff. First thing I thought was, wow, not even a pickup truck, you know, in, in Texas, at least we would have showed up in a pickup truck. But these guys, <laughs> these guys were, were splitting the gas and splitting it eight ways, which means they had no money, uh, essentially. And so they drove from wherever up to this event, say in Knoxville, and uh, they get out, they go do their thing. Then they had to pay an entry fee, which is probably between one and 200 bucks. And for, there were 46 riders at the first event that Skeeter and I went to, and only 12 lasted the full eight seconds to make it to the second round. Wow. What they, what they call the short round. So within eight seconds, all that work, all that driving, all that money you spent, boom, you were gone. That was it for the tournament or for the rodeo. Wow. So talk about instant feedback. Boom. And <laughs> most of these guys lasted four seconds of the ones who were thrown. Most of the people who were thrown lasted four seconds. So all that time, energy, concentration, sacrifice, four seconds, boom, you're gone. And then when they got off, or you last four seconds, you don't just say, oh, four seconds and I step off the bull. No, you're thrown off. These guys were landing flat on their backs with some force. They're landing on their head. They're landing on their shoulder. It was a rough ride. Even the guys who made the eight seconds, not all of them made a clean get off. It was, it was a rough landing. Then you so, got to run. Then you got to run and hope the bull doesn't taste you. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's what they have the clowns, what they call the bull fighters. That's what mm -hmm. they have them for. Uh, they would come in and they'd touch each one of them uh, after the, the guy was thrown or got off. The, all three clowns would come in, touch the nose, touch the butt, touch the tail, touch, touch the horn, whatever. You know, to, to, and the, the touch would have the bull look in the other direction and forget about the kid who's on the ground for the most part. Yeah, but you still got that whole ability. It might be get trampled if you fall the wrong way underneath the feet and everything else. That's a high danger sport, huh? Yeah, I'll get back to that. Um, <laughs> The so you'd have to say, why do you do something that has such a high percentage of failure? And you know that you know you're bumping the odds. For one thing, you have to have the wherewithal, the courage to get on one of these things, <laughs> and then you have to have that sense of balance to stay on this thing because he's gyrating in a way that you can't control. He spins, he bucks, he did, you know. So you have to react to that uh, and stay on, which requires a lot of grip strength because you're holding yourself on by pulling yourself forward on his shoulders with essentially your left hand, not your dominant hand. Your left hand, you're pulling that forward. So your, your shoulder takes the brunt of, of all that stuff. So when I queried about 15 or so of these guys to say, why, why, why do you do this? It broke down into three different answers. One was what I would call, for all and purposes, the badass answer. You know, you might play football. You might do, you know, what you think is a tough sport. I ride bulls. That's how bad I am. So where are all the young ladies that want to heap adoration on me? And I looked around, and the term is a buckle bunny, because if you win, you get the buckle. There were no buckle bunnies around there <laughs> paying attention to these guys at all. So I was thinking, that's not a good idea. I mean, that's not a good reason to, to put myself at risk. I mean, some s serious 
physical risk at doing this. The other people, the, sm the next uh, smallest group said, I just love the rodeo. I grew up that way. I grew up on a farm. I grew up on a ranch. I want to do something in the rodeo. And first time I rode on a, a yearling calf, I said, man, this is what I want to do. I watch PBR and TV. I go to all the rodeos. This is what I want to do. They were sincere about that. And several of them, after they rode for a couple of years, probably got hurt. They would take a job in the rodeo. One person that Skeeter knew turned out to be the guy who is the truck driver that drives all the equipment, all the portable gates and all the lights and all the stuff that uh, PBR puts into an arena. That's what he did was he would load up the equipment, drive all night to the next event. And he was, it, he was still part of the lifestyle of the rodeo. So he got to hang around with the rodeo people and all this kind of stuff. He just wasn't riding anymore. So he was dedicated to the rodeo life. Then I think by far the biggest group were the people that, in my opinion, uh, were essentially desperate. They're saying, given my level of education and my you know, lackluster performance in high school, I have no future except for something very mundane. But these guys, if you make it all the way to Las Vegas, you can earn $2 million in one year. Shoot, if I only get halfway there, I can make a couple of hundred thousand dollars, you know, for essentially a couple hours work, all in all. Uh, that's a couple hours on the back of the bulls. Uh, getting beat up. <laughs> yeah, getting beat up. And so you say, that's what I'm going to do. So that when those guys, got thrown, landed hard, limped out of the arena and back to the locker room. And Skeeter and I were standing at a place where they, all of them would walk past us on the way back to the locker room. You could just see the despair, the sheer dejection in their faces like, oh my God, I was so close or I screwed this up or I wasn't paying attention or whatever, you know, my life is over. And they would, they would once they got out, out of the eyes of the crowd, they would throw their helmets and their hats and they'd kick dirt and, and they'd cuss and they'd yell going down the gangway and that kind of stuff. They were desperate and they were dejected. Mm. And those, and I started to go and talk to those guys and the PBR people said, no, leave them alone. They do not want to talk to anyone. It may not, not be even, a good time right now. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not even a preacher on them. However, one of the things that, was noted, particularly in the first event, because it was right after this happened, that when we offered to have prayers uh, for all the people who are getting on the, um, on the bulls, of that group of 46, probably 25 of them joined us for a prayer. And so I thought, wow, this was a pretty good reception. These guys are you know, raised in the country, they uh, have been around church, that kind of stuff. That was an element to it. But there might have been 26 people there. But two weeks before, at a PBR event in Denver, one of the guys successfully rode, had a rough dismount, and he got tangled up with the bull the bull stepped on him, you know, he bucked up to get the rope off him and he came down with his feet, hooves on the kid's chest 
mm. crushed, crushed his ribs through his heart and the kid died. Oh, wow. So, so they had a fatality of one of the guys that they had been going from event to event to event. So they know, indeed, this is a dangerous sport. It is, in fact, a matter of life and death. Mm. But I am so desperate that I will do this. Okay. That's at one level. That's, you know, because the PBR events are like baseball. They have minor league uh, events, right. AAA, this kind of stuff. So Skeeter and I, the last one we went to was a bigger event because it was in a, in a bigger venue here in Metro Atlanta. And the riders there, we did the same thing. We had the devotion and prayers. It was a much smaller group that paid attention to it. And these guys were the top 35 riders in PBR. In other words, they'd racked up the points and they were going on their way to competing. They were closer to getting to Las Vegas than the guys before. And they were so cocky. Some of them had endorsement deals. Uh, they had TV interviews to do. That's why I can't attend your prayer meeting, that kind of stuff. And so they were just kind of like, you know, I can do this. I can do this. I can. I mean, they just the swagger in the locker room before that was so palpable. You could almost touch it. And as I was preparing to do this, I was talking with um, a friend of mine who's a local prayer partner. And he said, yes, that's a case of where you can get too overconfident in your own ability. And the way that I would put that in terms of the bull riding is if you thought you could ride any bull anytime just means I can stay eight seconds on any bull you put out there. That's how good I am. So at that point, would you attend a prayer meeting? Would you even think about God to say, God's got nothing to do with this. I've got the ability. And that's when, as you and I know, in, in terms of, of livelihood, uh, that the pruning takes place and that something happens and you find out your talents and your abilities mean nothing in this world without God's help. And so to me, it's a good analogy in looking at the two groups of people. One of the things that happens is you know that just kind of like beauty queens, you're not going to stay pretty forever and these guys can't ride forever. So if they don't do exceptionally well, they'll just be old and broken people because there is not one of them <laughs> that doesn't have some kind of spinal skeletal, some kind of physical ailment. Cause in the locker rooms, they had chiropractors and physical therapists there that were working on them both before and after the events, particularly if they had gotten banged up during the event. Yeah. Cause your body's not made to take that. I mean, if you think about it, the same thing with football or anything else, cause I know a lot of ex pro football players who have so many different issues uh, then you also are set with the, if you get hurt, you got to get back on the horse, no pun intended, but you got to get back into it as quickly as possible. So you don't necessarily have the time to allow your body to be able to fully heal like it's supposed to. It's just about how can I patch myself up so I can get back to riding because the professional football player said, you know, all throughout high school and college uh, and even in the pros, it wasn't about healing. It was about healing enough so I can get back in there and play so I can in high school, get the college scholarship in college to get called to the pros. So, you know, they never got a chance to be able to heal from any of their ailments or injuries. So therefore now after they're done, their quality of life is really, really poor. So I'm assuming with these bull riders, 
is some of the same things because you got to be able to to get on for the next rodeo, right? Right. That one of the sobering things was at one event they wheeled one of their members into the locker room in a wheelchair. Wow. And so he was he couldn't ride anymore because he'd had some kind of spinal thing and it didn't look temporary to me. The way they were talking to him and the way some of them just kind of avoided looking at him or talking to him. It's kind of like he was bad luck. Uh, that's what happens if, if you don't participate. One of the things that was interesting about the relationship and recognizing God, we gave away Bible tracts and some other things. And because we had been there before, Skeeter brought some Bibles, essentially, that had been translated into Portuguese. And that was because there are a lot of Brazilians that ride the rodeo, ride hmm. bulls the rodeo. And the Brazilians, at this one event, there were 12 Brazilians, and all 12 of them took the Bible and thanked us for having a Bible in Portuguese. That's awesome. Yeah, so, and uh, they recognized, and I watched them, and they would, uh, I would say they were probably more Catholic than Baptist. They would cross themselves before they would get on the bull. And when they got off the bull and they came inside, they would, uh, this one guy stopped and said a prayer with us on the way back because he'd had a good ride. So just getting a lesson out of this a whole thing and what I'm trying to pulling from the lesson, because again, this is your, your wheelhouse, right? But I, I love the commonalities of, among life and how it is that it all pulls together. But, you know, no matter how good it is that you get it, anything it is that you do at some point, you start to think it's about you. And that's kind of like you said, they have the interviews, they have all the yes people, they have, you know, the TV shows and all that kind of stuff that really starts to pump up your head and boost your ego. And so now you got all this stuff that's telling you that you're awesome. You're great. You're the best. You're the greatest. Uh, and at some point you start to pull back and forget that it was God that got you there in the first place from those guys that were just riding because they're desperate and want just a shot to now the guys who have quote unquote made it, uh, you know, and they're in the big times now somewhere in that track. It's easy to be able to start thinking it's about you and not about, you know, God and God's ability to give you. So I, I think that God has a way of being able to reset you or allowing you to be able to go through some things in order to be able to kind of balance it all out. Because every professional that I know of or any story that I've heard of, they have their peaks and valleys, right? Yeah, there's a, there was a bull rider back in the 80s. His name was Lane Frost. <clears throat> they made a movie about his life. The movie star, I can't think of his name, who just recently died, played him in the movie. But he got killed as a result of a bull ride in Cheyenne, Wyoming. So they, outside the Coliseum, I've seen that they have a big statue of him on a bull. He was, he was the world champion bull rider but he died because he got gored afterwards, caught in the ribs, and it affected his heart. Anyway, his family to this day gives away, they, in his name, they have a foundation, gives away a ton of Bibles to cowboy churches. Wow. So the second lesson in this would be no matter how big it is that you get, I mean, they all have the same amount of risk. They could, they could be crushed by the bull. They can, you know, fall off the wrong way and, and permanently injure themselves or whatever else. So even though they have all this confidence that they're the best or whatever it is that you do, all it takes is one wrong fall or one bull step on you wrong and, and you're done. So keeping that, looking at the Brazilian Cowboys and keeping that humble spirit to be able to give thanks, whatever it is that you do make it or whenever it is that you do get big, that's something also that, that should be a commonality. Yeah, you. it certainly fulfills the adage, you're only as good as your last ride, <laughs> because it could be your last ride. Yeah. That's it. Let me do one thing before we close out. All right. Um, I had mentioned earlier that 
part of the ministry that I participate in is this horseshoe ministry. And what that is essentially is a horseshoe with your name hand stamped on it. And it says John on one side and 316 on the other. And it has a little card attached to it that uh, is the uh, explanation of John 316. So to any of our listeners, if you would like a free horseshoe with your name stamped on it, contact us through our Facebook page and I'll see that you get one. Awesome. So send us a private message and TW is going to hook you up. That's pretty cool. So uh, we want to invite any of our, our listeners to, to just ponder, just think about, you know, maybe it is that you're on your journey. Maybe it is that you're in your job trying to get to that next level or trying to get to the top position, or maybe you're a small business owner that's trying to get your business to work. Uh, and you're, you're in that, that valley, you know, that comes before the peak. Once it is that you start to be able to experience the success, and I truly believe if you don't quit that you will get there, just remember who it is that, that helped you when you're in the low points. And if it is that you don't know God, then I invite you to be able to, to reach out and to him or to be able to think or reach out to us so we can you know, have that discussion with you as well. But consider the fact that God is always there for you no matter what it is that you're going through, that, that God is the, the answer 100%. Uh, and he's supporting you even whenever it is that you don't feel him there. He's there with you in these valleys, but he's also there with you whenever it is that you think that you've made it, right? So the best thing to do is to be able to stay humble in his spirit and realize that, uh, you know, it's not about you, it's about God. And then maybe it is that you can use your light to be able to shine for others as well and show them a different way. And that's what we hope to do here with this podcast is just to, you know, maybe it is that we can spark something within you. So that way it is that you can explore more about God, or maybe it is if, if you already have a relationship with him get you to be able to always try and prove like we are every single day. Got any final words for him, TW? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> when the, uh, when the bull's hoof lands on your chest, it might be too late to start your relationship with God. Better to do that ahead of time. I would agree. <laughs> when you see the hoof coming down, <laughs> you know, it might not, it might be a little bit too late to be able to do it then, but uh, right now you have the time and it's never too late. So we're going to go ahead and end on that note. So this is Alistair Hunt, AKA the techie. And this is TW Lawrence, AKA the cowboy. Too much confidence. You will be thrown. Let's kick that country outro music. That's it for this episode. Join us again next time for the techie and the cowboy. Hit us up on our website, thetechieandthecowboy.com. Let us know what y'all think.